0: wives I well today. And I'm talking by the way. We didn't know that. Um, they did not put me up here because of my relationship expertise. So you're to them. Um, so we're going to start out. We want to know how you guys met. And because we see all the guys, every week, we kind of want um, the wives to answer that for the most part. We introduce themselves, say how you met, um, what else, how long did you date before you were engaged and married, um, and how long have you been married. So
1: My name is Lynn and I'm married to Dan, And we have been married, we have been married um, 15 and a half years now. And we have three sons. If okay, that happened. Yeah, I gotta get that happen. What's our anniversary? September <2015. laughs> <laughs> um, 15th. We have three boys um, 12, 9, and 6. so. Um, we met at college. We went to a fairly small college called Columbia College. And we knew who each other was. Um, We had a lot of the same similar friends. We just never really spoke to each other much or were in, I guess, in any classes or anything. And it wasn't until our junior year, we, our school had a class retreat. We went to that and we just kind of happened to be our friends kind of were all spending time together. And I remember looking at him, and I was like, hey, where'd he come from? A little difficult to begin with, um, but we wound up together and we dated for about two years and we were engaged for a year. So we were dating technically three years before we got married. Um, okay, I'm
2: Brenda and I am married to Bob, and I've been married to him for 31 and three fourths. <laughs> but we've been very young. <laughs> Um, our kids have already gone way past what we ever went past uh, and they're not married but we have two david and Tricia. david is 25 and i think actually that's going to change in his life over the next few months and uh Trisha is 23 and that better not change right now <laughs> um we met at a summer church camp and um, we talked a little bit but not much but within the year my family moved from ohio to florida to the same college where his uh, father was the vice president and then became the president of the college and it was a small Christian college. And my dad was working there. He was a college pastor. Um, eventually there. And everybody cleared the way for us uh, because I was told before even came down there that we were going to get together. <laughs> and so I was determined that I was going to stay out of his way. <laughs> and um, I... I in one door, I went out the other. I was not going to be seen as trying to catch him. But, he caught me. Aww. I'm glad.
3: Uh, Alright, my name is Brittany and I'm married to Josiah. I've been married just over four years. Um, I went to a school called City College in Pennsylvania and my sophomore year Josiah transferred in, we were the same year. Um, and so we met before the school year started, or as it was starting, at an SCA picnic. Um, I heard about it, I heard about him at camp. Or one of my friends worked at camp. Um, he worked with my friend. I would heard about him, so I was interested to meet him. But he um, to say we were friends for the first year, and um, we were like high friends. We would say hi, and um, we ran track together. So that was fun. on a mission trip, and then um, the following. I guess, the, right before Thanksgiving of our junior year, we went on our first date, but that's a long story in and of itself. It took me like, I'm really weird, it took me like eight months to say it was dating, but we really were dating from that point on. <laughs>
4: so we dated for, um,
3: I guess like a year and a half, got engaged May 2nd of our senior year, then um, got married the following January
0: 2nd. So, yeah. Okay, so now that we know the basics, um, a couple questions that people wanted to know is um, what have been some of the most enriching experiences of being married? And also, people said what have been some of the biggest challenges your marriage has faced or that you've experienced in marriage? So, who wants to start that off? <laughs>
5: uh, one of the things that just stands out to me is maybe it's because it's kind of my memory or experience recently. I love the fact that I know I have someone who's always in my corner. Um, she's my toughest critic, often, but if someone else is my critic, she's my biggest fan, and she's right there uh, alongside me. And that's been true through dating and into marriage, and I anticipate it being true for the rest of our lives. Right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that's been one, of, just one of the great experiences. Is you know having someone who you know is always on your side. Uh, that creates one another. For me, one of the challenges, especially early on, was marriage exposes who you are, and I wasn't necessarily prepared for that. I thought I was a lot nicer, better, more mature guy than I actually am. <laughs> so I was going to put that in the past tense, but it's still
6: a current thing. So that's my two cents. I got to <laughs> I was just going to echo that. I thought he was a good guy until I got married. <laughs> it's it's so hard because it, you uh, on your best moments and on your worst moments, your wife is always going to be there to see you. And you kind of, after a while, sad to say, you let your guard down a little bit, and you're not always uh, on your A game as you may be when you're dating. And uh, one of the things that was really hard for me is just uh, being uh, just being able to be vulnerable. Um, and humble, because admitting you're wrong is really hard, and your wife is going to know it whenever you're being a tool, and so things go a lot better when you just admit it, and you're like, you know what, you're right, I'm sorry, and you guys kind of work through it together, but also, like, God's grace has become so much bigger to me uh, through the way that my wife has been able to love me, uh, as I know that she is well aware of my sin, and so when she shows me grace, um, I'm not sure if Brittany's a fallen individual, Psych. uh, just, uh, but if she, you know, being a human, can show me grace, and how much greater must the Father love me?
2: I think there needs to also be a female voice here because um, it's not just the men who are nasty and bad. Um, we can be really <laughs> awful, horrible, <laughs> and it's true. and 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 you need to admit it and own it. Um, some of the the toughest marriages I've ever seen are when there are selfish women who will not give that it all has to be about me and that's one of the the benefits of marriage if you allow it that you learn to grow together and it is hard um, because there's times you're ready to kick the other one out and you don't want to ever see him again uh, one of the things about Bob is he's, he's, he's deadly honest with me and and with everybody if you want that's why people don't come to him for counseling (laughs)
1: because
2: he will tell you what your problem is and and he he's he's too good at that and he has to watch that because that strength can become a weakness with him but um, and he has to watch that in our marriage because he can just he can crush me but on the other hand I can crush him too with my criticism there's he can take any criticism that Dan and Josiah might want to give but if, when I start in, on Sunday morning at church, you know not want to hear it. That was pathetic. What were you trying to say? I wait until Sunday night. No. But it is true. Your words matter. And it took me a long time to realize how, how much our words matter. I've known that. I've known it up here all my life. But then, when you experience that, and when you you see the hurt you're doing to the other person, and when you experience it from the other person, but um, one of the most enriching things can be if you can get past that and enjoy growing together. And it's been it's just been one of the greatest blessings to to um, be able to do that. Brody, he, he he can help me, and I can help him. But it's a struggle to get to that point where you let each other help each other. So.
1: One of the things, too, is that I think, and it's healthy if it is like this, your spouse becomes your best friend. And the older you get, your own friends become smaller and smaller. And the importance of having that one person there who knows everything about you and accepts you and still loves you, but it is your best friend is a very enriching Part of marriage too because right now at this time I like we remember in college you know you have friends around you have people your age all the time but it does get harder the older you get to be able to find that big network of friends out there that are at the same stage of life that you are um, but your spouse is the one person that's going through all that all the changes and everything with you at the same time So uh,
3: I would say for me uh, a lot of the times the most enriching Times, or as a result of the most challenging times. Um, I know we went through um, a lot of periods where we struggled just with jobs, not understanding why God had us in certain certain situations, why He wasn't answering our prayers, because we thought we knew what you know He should be answering. We obviously didn't, but um, those were always really, really hard times, and really challenging. And I think just, I guess, knowing how to be there for each other and how just to learn to rely on God would, you know, it would result in very enriching experiences, but it was the challenging times that took us there.
0: So, Okay, I think kind of going off of that and adding to, you know, this idea of being selfish and going through the hard times, what's one thing that you would tell people, if you could go back and tell yourself something in the dating world, what would it be? Like advice that you give a former self? <laughs>
5: What was the what was the so if you could go back during
0: your dating and tell yourself something for advice from now, looking back in right now, what advice would that be? Uh,
5: for me, I think I would tell myself it will be harder and better than you think it is. I remember right in the beginning when we experienced the hardness of it, the, the difficult and the struggle of know moving away from family, new jobs, new careers, adapting to one another. I was forgetting that this is going to be good and this is good too. So I think I would remind myself it's going to be harder than you think it's going to be and better. The better, you experience moments of better and great joy and happiness together. You know, for us in the beginning it was here and there. Uh, It's certainly more frequent as Brittany and Josiah were saying, as you've grown through those things together, have those shared experiences. So I think I'd say it's better and harder Uh, than you think it's going
4: to be? Okay. Uh, I don't don't know. Uh, There's a lot of things I think of. The the first thing that came to mind is um, to remind yourself that whatever is your current reality, right, whatever you're now experiencing, you won't always experience. Okay? And what I mean by that is now and later, because life does this, all the time, and when you're in the middle of one of those things, whether it's up, down, or in between, it seems like all of life is one composite right now. Right, and you can't get out of the right now. Like you can be so angry that you want to walk out of it. That will pass. You can be so overwhelmingly in love that you think that there is nothing wrong with this person. There is. (laughs) And eventually you'll find out that there is, right? So there's all this stuff that's a part of life. So don't fool yourself into thinking that now is always, whatever now is. All right, I'm taking this question completely different.
2: (laughs) You're saying go back and tell yourself one thing while you were in the dating world, what would it be? I probably took the time of dating too seriously. Yeah, I, 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 I like I said, you know, I I did make it really hard on him. I was not going to go after him one bit because everybody else wanted him. And I thought, you go right ahead. I am not going to be first in I mean, line. He wants me, he becomes. I was I was way too hard to have fun with it. I would have flirted a whole lot more.
3: Um, I would say for me, if I had to go back, now this would have changed anything, but. Um I was very like idealistic um in thinking like lots we're very similar in many ways, but there are some things about our personalities that are very opposite and um, I definitely went into it thinking, oh this is perfect. Like our opposites, you know, will compliment each other so well. Like for example, Josiah's a huge morning person. I am not, I'm a night person. Um he doesn't like games, I do, and so I think we both went into it thinking <laughs> we're like this is we were like, oh great, Like in the morning like, he'll make me happy and awake and I'll bring him into the night and he'll want to stay up late and play games with me. That's not how it works. <laughs> so, in the morning, I'm crabby, Josiah wants to talk, I don't want to. At night, he wants to go to bed, I want to stay up and hang out. So, I think just realizing that it's, which is fine, but I just think realizing that it's not, you know, all these opposite things are perfect, would it helps a little bit. <laughs> To
6: our marriage position. <laughs> I want to say real quick one thing I wish I'd have known when I was dating before I met my wife. Um, neither of us really dated a ton, but I dated a girl like a year and a half before I met my wife. And, uh, and like I really liked her. I was like, man, she's really smart and she's pretty and she's funny and she's a Christian, she's a runner. Like I was like kind of thinking, I was like, man, like, this is probably like who God wants me to marry. And like things just didn't work out. Um, she didn't like me as much as I liked her, and you know that was really hard for me to take. I mean, how how could that possibly happen? <laughs>
5: One of my many downfalls. There,
6: there it is. Um, but, uh, you know what I had to learn was to trust God and know that He was doing what's best for me, if, even if it didn't seem like it at the time. Um, at the time, it was really hard for me, and I it was a, it was crushing my pride. Um, but once, like, my eyes awakened, my eyes opened, and I was like, oh, my gosh, Brittany. Um, I was so thankful because, like, the woman who's now my wife had, like, all those qualities, except, like, so much more, and I was like, oh, my gosh, like, I'm so thankful, like, that didn't work out because, like, the love that I, I mean, you know, those love feelings. It's still there, but I mean, you know, that's not what our relationship is built on. But man, it was so much stronger with my wife than it ever was with that other girl, and I'm so thankful that didn't work out. But at the time, it may be absolutely miserable, so trust that God has what's best for you, even if it feels like absolutely horrible at the time. He's gonna do it in his time. All
0: right, so kind of going on for what Josiah said, and I've heard this debated a lot in Christian circles, I'm sure you guys have too, you guys think there is the one? Thoughts on
1: that? (laughs) This is kind of funny because we differ completely on this. So um, I do, I do believe that there is one person out there and I don't know whether it's my romantic side that I'd like to think or, I mean, I really, in looking back, I don't think it was my chance that Dan and I are past men. I mean, it wasn't an easy start to our relationship, and I don't think we both really, from the beginning, kind of had to commit a lot to it, so I don't think, I mean, we had to go through a lot of obstacles, even in our, our dating, so I believe that he was the person. Now, he has a totally different take of that, you know. Um, so. <laughs> <laughs> I,
5: think no, I think looking back, you can say, well, God sovereignly, you know, providentially governed directed things so that she is the one. Now that we're married, absolutely, she's the one. Um, But when you're looking ahead, uh, I would say don't try and find the one. Uh, Try and find someone who you really appreciate, the godly qualities in them, that appreciates you as much as you appreciate them. Uh, Works out better that way. Um, I guess my spin is two Christian people can make marriage work. Now... Some people will make it it'll be easier, it'll you know, be more fun, beneficial, but yeah, I'm not romantic, I guess.
3: (laughs) 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 I like to think that there's the one. It sounds nice.
6: side of the story. I would say that I believe that God is sovereign, but I don't necessarily believe there is the one, because you hear stories of one spouse passing away, and I feel like, you know, God is big enough that he could have another one if something was to happen to me. Um, And I've seen, uh, I have friends that 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 has happened, and so I think that God is sovereign, and he leads people to each other. Um, But I also believe that, you know, sometimes that may be a little bit bigger than just the one Downer comment. <laughs> well, i actually, i agree that there's,
2: I don't think that there is the one. But when they become the one, they are the one. And it's the whole question of commitment that you have to come to and, and hold on to. And that's what's important. Now, I'm glad that the one was Bob, because there's was that other guy, <laughs> where would I be? <laughs> I'm in a much better place here. You just want to pick carefully. You want to pick carefully. (laughs) Because the one you pick is going to be, you know, if you're a female, the father of your children. And it's going to affect your whole posterity. Um, You want to look into their families. You don't just marry the one, you marry the family. That is so true. If someone tells you that's not true, they're lying. It doesn't matter if they have nothing to do with their family. And that's probably one of the things that scares me most about my kids' relationships is when I look into the families of the people that they are with sometimes or hear about the families. When you hear things that raise a flag, don't say, oh, that's not him. That's just them. No, he is them. He is them. Pay attention to the families.
4: I a good family. <laughs>
0: So there's a question about um, <coughs> commitment and exclusivity and like when that should be established in a relationship. But I think also to build on that, how do you work on that commitment in a marriage? It seems like all you guys are saying, it's not just this feeling of I picked the right person or I picked the one or love. How do you stick with that commitment on a daily basis and then from the dating side, when do you establish or start to establish that this is a commitment that this is
5: exclusive that is going somewhere? Um, I think the way I approached it in dating is that if I was dating one person, if we went on dates, I was dating her and I wasn't going to be dating anyone else. If I wanted to date someone else, I wouldn't be dating her. Does that make sense? So for me, right up front, as soon as I asked her out, it was kind of this implied, like I'm not going to be asking anyone else out as long as we're going out. So there was this kind of, from my perspective, right? I don't know if it was from years or God. I wouldn't be asking other people out. Um, it, wasn't, it didn't come with a commitment. Now that we've gone out, we're going to get married. So uh, there wasn't that kind of a commitment, but I wasn't going to be you know, playing the field while we were dating. Um, how do we work on that commitment once we got married? I, I, in a way, I don't understand that question, really, because once we said I do, there was a commitment. You didn't need to work on it, it was there. Um, so I
1: yeah, I Well, and I think once you get married, in order to have a successful marriage, in the sense that there is no other option. I mean, we're married, and the good, and the bad, we're going to do whatever we can to make this work. So, do we always like each other? No. You know, I love Dan very much, but do I always like him? Do I always sometimes in my mind think, "Wait, maybe I should have made a di- different decision at times"? maybe he's really frustrating me, I think everybody's human. They do that. They think that they wonder whether what their life might have been if they would have chosen a different path. But when you choose, where you laughing? I helped paint the picture for
2: Bob if he'd he married that yeah. girl. <laughs> you know where you would have been. <laughs> before,
1: before I met Dan, did you I see date... her the other day? <laughs> before, before, I met Dan, I actually dated a guy years it was a very serious relationship. So I mean I for a long time kind of saw my life in a totally different direction. And I never thought I'd marry a pastor. That was not even a thought to my mom, you know, so a lot of things change. But I think with marriage, the commitment, I think you need to go in knowing that this it's not like, well maybe if this works out, we'll see how it goes, you know. Once you make that decision to get married, you're in it for, for life. Till death do you part. I mean we take that very seriously. I mean that was the commitment we made before god and our, and our family and friends and even though sometimes you want to walk away from it when you have that when you both can have that we killed in yeah but so that's, that's a big thing so. with dating i think we, again with dating with us um we both kind of approached it the same way. Um, I was probably when we first started dating because I had just come out of a relationship. I was a little bit more hesitant about getting back into another relationship. So he got much more serious about me than I got about him in the beginning. So even though he doesn't want to admit it, so um, but that kind of pushed me back a little bit. But then we eventually um, you saw kind of, the line. I saw the light.
4: <laughs> I I guess I would say don't get too serious, too soon. Um, I think Brendan might contradict me, but we were young, and we got serious real fast. I mean, we got married when we were twenty. We were ready to finish with college. Um, We started dating, and we started dating pretty serious, pretty early, right? And I mean, I look back on that. I don't think it destroyed anything in our relationship. But I think that both of us would have benefited from being a little bit more lighthearted early on as young people when we were younger. Um, now, I know most of you guys are not going to get married when you're 20, so that's not your issue. But it's quite possible that your issue is to be too serious about relationships, right? Just enjoy one another's company, uh, watch the other person, be engaged with them. I would, I would suggest the same thing that Dan does. Once you say, we're in a dating relationship, you know, don't run around with a person. I, I'm, I'm not suggesting you we'll run around. I'm just saying, don't get too serious too quick. Uh, take your time. Um, a few number of years ago, a connection, Monty Black, None of you know him, but he was doing college ministry for us at the time. He put together a series, and it was on relationships. And one of the topics or the title of the sermon that I was supposed to give was marriage, colon, no more choice. And it was like, whoa, that sounded pretty severe. But you know what? He was right. Because once you make the commitment, you make the commitment. I mean, it's like what Dan said. I don't hardly understand the question. Once I say I do, I do. And once you say you do, it's forever. So between now and then, don't get in a hurry. Don't take yourself too seriously. Think about it. Pray about it. Walk through it.
6: Gonna give you a little pre marriage perspective. One thing that I've learned from watching a lot of friends and in my own relationships in the past is if all you can talk about with the person you're in a relationship with is your relationship, you're probably in trouble. It's like, oh man, what's our level of commitment? Where's our uh, emotional status and all this stuff? Like are you really on board? It's not going to happen, guys. I'm sorry to tell you. It's not worth it. I'm sorry. That's really boring, but... I think most people have seen that to be fairly accurate. Um, And so when we were dating, I guess this isn't the perspective that everyone takes, but we were kind of like, you know what? Let's just, like... Being on the same page with the person you're dating is really important. So, this is probably why it worked for us and not many people, because we were kind of like naive and just like trying to figure it out as we went. We were like, let's put labels on something that already exists, rather than putting a label out there and trying to figure out how we need to attain to that. So, we like seriously, I think we dated for like four months officially before we were engaged. We like were like friends who are really committed in relationship and being exclusive but we didn't want to like, call it dating, I don't know why, but it worked, and as long as she was down, I was down. So, but it did frustrate me sometimes, I was like, why, why can't we figure this out? But Being on the same page and just communicating openly with the person and letting those labels put, just progress over time um, and not focusing on them is, was really beneficial for us. Okay,
0: Um, we're going to go two more of these questions, and then we'll open it up for you guys to ask them questions. First one is, is it possible to fall out of love? Do you think it's possible when you're married, once you've made that commitment and you're in it forever, is
4: it possible to fall out of love? I'll answer that one. I'll answer it with my wife. Um, I I remember on one occasion she was really mad at me, and that hardly ever happens. But... um, We were in a really bad fight. And she said, and I said something to the effect of, you just act like you hate me right now. And she turned to me and she said, I don't always like you, but I always love you. That to me was a, a term phrase for me. Because I'm not always likable. And she knows that. And so she said it. But she said, My love goes deeper than my like. My commitment to you and my love for you is deeper and higher than my emotion of not liking you right now. Because there's a lot of times you're not going to like each other at all. Wouldn't you say so? I mean, not going to like each other at all. And what we've learned over the years, this is not a part of the question, but I want to get it in there. You know we've been married for quite a long time now um, what we learned over the years is that a whole lot of things that we really thought were important are really not that important we would get all worked up about things that weren't as important as they ought to be right you're going to get in fights over stupid things you know that but over time you're going to get to the place that there's some things you're going to say to yourself quite frankly you your eyes this is not worth the energy anymore right it's just like i don't want to fight about it just go be a jerk um and so I don't know if I've said this to you guys before, but it might embarrass her, but I know i said it in Connection before when I've been talking about relationships. I'll never forget one of those turning points for us. Uh, my wife was once again uh, witnessing me being a jackass, and uh, I was on the couch, and it was actually following Connection, and she was in the kitchen, and at that time, the couch in the kitchen, and it stood right across that And I was just being a jackass. I mean, I was being terrible. And just saying things. And she had just finished up what she was doing in the kitchen. And she looked over at me. Yes, yes, (laughs) I'm going to do it. She looked over at me and she didn't say a word, she just went. But that's what you deserve, I right now right? That's, that, that's all. You did that, though, didn't
3: you? you <laughs> <laughs> I can say something for you guys. No, go ahead. Okay. Um, I guess in the answer to answer that question, there are definitely times, days, or weeks when just I just don't get along. Like there's like something missing. We're not connecting. We're not. We're both grumpy towards each other all the time. Um, so that definitely happens. And if we let that go in a cycle, I can see that how that could happen for some people that they felt like they didn't love each other anymore. But I, when you're committed to a relationship, you don't give up on that relationship. And so I just I was really good about talking about that. And so we definitely you know, talk about why aren't we getting along? What do we need to do differently? How can I love you better or you know, just different? So. So I would say, maybe it is possible, but that's not a reason to not stay committed to that relationship and change that, so,
5: I don't know. Yeah, I I think a lot of times when we approach the word love, we're like, is it a feeling or is it a commitment? And I wanna say, yes, you know, it's both. Don't create a false dichotomy here where you have to choose. Sometimes the feelings, the, the affections, the emotional kind of, I just am so in love with this person, they're not there. For whatever reason, you know, distance, Coldness, anger, whatever, but the commitment ought to always be there. Um, And I think if the commitment's there and the the feelings aren't, that's when you need to begin praying asking God to restore, rekindle those feelings, but that doesn't mean you don't love and aren't committed to that person anymore. So you can fall out of the emotional state of you know, uh, infatuation for what I was looking for, and that doesn't mean you're not loving them. I wanted to add real
6: quick on to what Britt said. You know, in those moments as you kind of work through those uh, situations that may be causing, or patterns of behavior that are causing that anxiety and tension in the relationship, uh, I've oftentimes found myself like, you know what? I'm a direct communicator. Like, I'm gonna go for it, and we're gonna get through this, and like kind of get on my high horse about taking down those problems, and honestly, I spent a lot of time creating more problems in our relationship as a result of that because there was zero gentleness in it, and it was a lot more about me like showing why I was right and getting it out there and just like being really aggressive, like I would with my brothers if I was ticked at them. And like, man, that is not going to work with your wife, fellas. So that is a lesson I needed to learn. I wish I would have learned it earlier because it would have saved us both a lot of a lot of anx- anxiety and pain. So. Yeah, gentlemen, this is key.
5: <laughs> that's something I, you now that i think about, I can go back and tell myself, Going back to that dating one, you, you can be right and really lose the argument. Uh, so <laughs> you are be right and wrong at the same time. So I think that's what Josiah
4: was saying a little bit there.
2: That whole phrase, fall out of love, well, that's how you're looking at it. You're going to kind of go... You're going to fall out of romantic love and back into romantic love so many times over the course of the years you won't even be able to keep track of how it happens or when it happens. Um, here's something that's very rarely talked about, but I watch it happen and I have to guard against it in my own life. Um, you were attracted to your husband, to me. You are attracted to other guys. That never stops. Just because you're married, that doesn't stop. And that's true with guys too. What you want to kind of watch as you're going through that dating process is is how how are they responding to other old girlfriends or potentially new girlfriends, and how do they treat you uh, when these other people are around, and how do you how do you treat him and how do you react to those emotions they're emotions
4: it's not love
2: it's an emotion and so you have to uh separate that you have to understand you have to understand your emotions and how to deal with them and how to shut some things down uh, so that it doesn't become an issue or a problem but you know emotions never go away Uh, they'll come and they'll go the good ones and the bad ones but that's why we go back to that word, commitment. You, you commit. You say, no, oh, this is what I'm going to do. This is the choice I made.
0: Okay, um, last question, and then we'll open it up. What are your thoughts on people, two Christians, getting engaged if one of the families isn't in total support of it? Because like I'm saying, you do marry the family. So how, how would you suggest people know about that?
4: Right. let me start okay I think it's really important uh, for the families to be on the same page um, I don't I don't want to go overboard here uh, right and suggest that families um, I mean I, I'm not contradicting Brenda on this because you do marry a family but I don't want to go overboard so much to say that you've got to find a perfect family in order to marry somebody right if, if that were true I wouldn't be here today because both of my grandparents had absolutely hideously dysfunctional families right my dad was on the street when he was 15 years old caring for his brother who was 13. Um, that's because my grandmother was running around with so many guys that they didn't want to go to the new house and because my grandfather had walked out of them when my dad was 18. So when my mom met my dad, <clears throat> all that baggage was there. And there's some way in which parts of that baggage, in spite of the fact that my dad became a wonderful Christ follower, was a part of their relationship. It just was to the end of their day, to the end of death, they lost their life. The same thing was true on my mom's side. Uh, the challenge is that they face their relationship related to their family. But I don't think I would ever, ever start a marriage without both families being in agreement. I just wouldn't. I wouldn't advise it. Um, it's possible, but it's not the best way to start. Because you need support. You really do. Uh, you need all the help you can get. And it would be great to have the help from the family, uh, and not have that tension going into it. So that's just my honest opinion. If if there's any way to avoid that, I, I would avoid it.
6: Yeah, I mean, I'll agree with that. One thing that that I guess I, I feel like I need to say is that it's really important to make sure your families are on board with the marriage. Um, however, I don't think you need to let small little hiccups be something that you allow to stop you. If your parents seem to be really on board with it, but they're just kind of like having a hard time coming to grips with the fact that their son or daughter is going to be getting married and growing up, like you know, I asked my wife's dad if I could marry her, and whether he said yes, I was asking her to marry me, and I think she was saying yes either way. Luckily, we never figured that out. But you know, he never gave me an answer. And here we are four years later. I have a great relationship with my in-laws. We get along awesome. Um, Not to say that my in-laws are my best friends, but uh, yeah, so I think it's really important to respect them, care about what they say, but also, you know, if they're in support of it, your family's in support of it, don't let a little hiccup stop you.
5: Yeah, I think another important caveat is where are your parents in their own relationship with God? just a couple years ago, maybe it was two or three, uh, I was involved in, in marrying a couple, and one of the parents was dead set against the wedding, the, the marriage, because the groom and the bride were committed Christians and followed committed Christian principles. The, the one set of parents wanted them to move in together and you know live together for a couple years with all that entails before they got married, and this couple said, no, on principle we won't do that. Uh, and so that's a different spin to it, you know. If your parents are, you know, not walking with the Lord and are objecting to the relationship based on those grounds or you know other questionable theological or you know, whatever Christian living principles, then that's absolutely a I think. Can I have thoughts uh, thought on that based off of that situation? You mean? Yeah. Because right. I mean, you were going off of that, you, the fact that your parents should be
6: right. on the Lord, that's, and that's not. Right.
4: Uh, I I would agree with Dan on that. In in other words, that would be a footnote to my comment. You know, every comment needs to have a footnote in order to be well qualified. That's just one of them. Yeah. Because when he was telling that, the first passage that came to mind had nothing to do with marriage. It was when uh, the apostles were called in by the Sanhedrin for preaching the gospel, and it was illegal to do so. And their answer to them was, I'm sorry, but we have to obey God rather than man, right? In other words, there are certain times with the government or with mandates even from parents that you have to say, no, uh, I'm going to obey God rather than the man. And so this couple um, was quite right in saying, no, you're asking us to do something that is absolutely against our religious convictions in order to step into marriage. And what you're actually doing is saying, you can't step through that marriage door unless you do this. And that, to me, is something you have to say no to. Yeah, and because otherwise they never get married, right? According to the way he's describing it, um, these people would never get married, and they never get married anybody else who was a Christian because the parents were demanding that they live together. First. Yeah. Okay, so we have a couple more minutes. We'll
0: open it up to you guys. If anyone has a question, obviously we have a lot of men sitting here, so I would suggest asking one
2: general.
5: Yeah, I'd say the same thing as Bob said. Is ideal, where, you know, extended families are committed Christians, they supported <laughs> that way. But if that was a hard and fast rule, I wouldn't be here. Uh, my dad's family, my Grandpa had three wives that I know about, and just, it was a mess. They weren't committed Christians at all, but my mom married him, despite that. And so I would say, ideally, yeah, you want the extended family. Not just the person you're married with, their parents. Who are going to be your kids' grandparents? You know, to be able to support you in raising your kids, and you and your marriage. Uh, based on Christian principles, but I wouldn't make it a hard and fast rule either. If God does step in and redeem situations that look like a mess,
4: yeah i would agree i would add this that you know when you're called when you believe you're called by god to marry you're called also by god to separate from your family right that's a that's the principle in genesis that you can plead there's some sense in which now you're one um once we made a decision to be married it wasn't time for our parents to tell us what to do anymore it was time for us to respect them and to listen to them um, so if there's two believers who really think that they are following god and moving into marriage and one of the family—that is, one side of the family, the parents—are not believers. That's not a reason not to get married. It is a reason, though, to realize what you're walking into, um, because there is a richness, an incredible richness, to a, ha- a family heritage that's Christian that I can't—I can't say enough of uh, about. Um, it wasn't true on my grandparents' side, but on her grandparents' side, it was. And for both of our parents, it was true. And I hope it's true for both of our kids when they finally uh, become Christians, when they finally uh, find the one that they're going to marry. I hope they see that the heritage behind them and how important that is. Um, yeah, because man, Let's put it this way. I really want my grandkids to spend time with the other set of grandparents if those grandparents are reinforcing following Christ. That's what I want for my grandkids. And um, that's important. Do you have any other questions?
0: So they're on a similar level, but if, if you meet someone and you have a straight connection with that person, but they are not so necessarily Christian,
1: they can be supportive of you in that sense, but not actually be the Christian themselves.
4: Uh, what, what what part of this anatomy were you? Like not in someone who's like not
1: for Christian, but that is set
4: in Christianity or even religion at all. But they're supportive of being Christian. Yeah, so. I feel like I talk a lot around here, so if somebody else want to take it. I'll, I'll be happy to chime in.
3: I'm talking about like whether you should date and it's okay to date a non-Christian whether or not um, I guess the analogy that has like stuck with me a lot since high school our youth pastor always always just this analogy whenever he would talk about relationships So every February <laughs> he uses this analogy um, it's always our series so that's fine um, so he would always say that it's a lot easier if you're standing on a chair it's a lot easier for someone to pull you down than to pull someone else up um, so it's it's if someone's supportive of you, that's great, but you just never know if something could change, or if it's just yeah, if you're not dating a Christian, I just I don't think that I just think it'd be really hard and and not and not too, because you're not being up you know, to someone who has the same beliefs as you. So I would say no. But it'd be great to use that relationship
1: to maybe try to bring them to Christ. But yeah. I think it's really important too when you're dating someone, you have to think of someday when you, if you get married and you have kids because that changes a lot of things too. And if you're coming from two totally perspectives on the morals, what you think is right, I mean that is, it's hard enough to come, sometimes come to agreement of how to raise kids, how to do certain things. But I think you feel it so much more even down the line. Even if you two thought you could get it figured out, I just still think it would be a lot of issues. But I think you have to sometimes, I think, when people are dating, they just all they think about is just the relationship, but if you really want to consider marrying somebody, you have to think, what kind of father is he going to be? What kind of things do we agree on enough, you know, that we're going to be able to stand united and raising kids and, uh, you know.
6: can I say something real quick? Um, one of my best friends is an atheist, and you know, like it's kind of cool for me to be able to say, oh, my best friend is an atheist, you know, I'm so understanding. But, uh, you know, when it comes down to it and things get really hard, if you really care about someone, you're going to talk about the things that are between you at some point. And, you know, when we've had those conversations, it is stinking frustrating. And I'll tell you, marriage is going to bring out frustrations. And uh, if someone, if some, you know... Faith in Jesus Christ can sound pretty offensive if you're not a believer, if you're really honest about what you believe, that there is one way to salvation, which is through Christ alone, and that there is such thing as an eternal life. Um, and if you believe scripture is objectively true, if that's a conviction that you hold, that's going to be really hard if the person isn't a believer, because it's going to come out sooner or later, and those, that is going to come between
5: you. Yeah, I was just going to, here's the you know, black truth, honesty kind of stuff, uh, I don't know that uh, my view of dating is that you're dating people looking for those who you're going to be compatible with, and you know, develop that relationship towards marriage. And, and a relationship between a believer and a non-believer, um, to be quite frank, uh, no pastor I know that takes the Bible seriously would perform that wedding uh, because it's just a command in Scripture not to be unequally yoked in marriage to a non-believer. Uh, and so I think that it's not just a matter of is it wise, is it not? Is it biblical? And I think the standard is no, and it's not biblical
4: to enter marriage into that. So is it wise to, to be in a dating relationship uh, with a non-believer? I would say probably not. Yeah, uh, let me just put, uh, put a footnote on all this. Uh, I'm older, and we have kids that are grown, um, and, you know, these guys are speaking from a perspective where that hasn't yet been a challenge to them, right? They haven't confronted that. And we have confronted it, and our kids have not always followed our advice. And it grieves me. It bothers me a lot. But they haven't always. Um, Part of raising kids is they don't always follow your advice. Part of raising kids is in spite of who you are and what you believe and what you transfer to them, they may walk away from the faith. Thankfully, my kids haven't walked away from the faith. But in terms of relationships, there have been type of people that I wouldn't have approved of um, and that are not Christian. Um, fortunately, neither one of them are married. They're not married to a non-Christian. Um, I think David's headed there, but anyway, we will talk about it. To a Christian. Yeah, not to a non-Christian. Yeah, the she likes L.A.? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, but um, I mean, it's, it's one thing to say that. It's hold it as a conviction. It's another thing as uh, a parent of adult children to wrestle with the reality that your kids are not always going to follow your advice.
2: If anyone's recording this, I'll give you an email to send it to someone. Okay, well, can we just thank all the pastors and
6: pastors? Thank Thank Chelsea, for being such a great moderator. Well, let me pray for us here. Father, we thank you so much for the time we've had together. Lord, worshiping you. Uh, through song, We thank you for uh, relationships, God, that uh, you go before us in life. We don't really know what's ahead of us, God, but you're our provider. Um, We trust that um, you know us better than we know ourselves, and you have um, our best in mind, Lord, which is closer relationship with you um, and deeper community um, with each other, Lord. So we just pray that we would trust you and follow you in faith uh, as we walk through life, and we ask this in Jesus' name, amen. Thanks so much for joining us, guys. Great being with you. If you don't mind, uh, put the chair up or roll on the table.